Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I ne neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. My name is Brett Sweet. I'm one of the pastors here at GCF where we do exist to glorify God through gospel-centered worship evangelism, discipleship, and community. It's my joy to be here with you. We're continuing our series through the book of Luke. And uh, would you pray with me one more time? Father, we are grateful that you hear our prayers, <clears throat> that you love us, that you are a just God, and that you will work all things for your glory. Pray that you would help me to be helpful and I rejoice in the fact that your power is made perfect in weakness because I'm very weak and so are my brothers and sisters here. So we pray that by your Holy Spirit, the power would come that could only be explained as coming from you. Help us this morning as weak people, hurting people, people in need of help. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever just look around and ask yourself, what's the point? What's the point? Where's the justice? Martin Luther King Jr. wrote in his well-reasoned letter, a, a letter from a Birmingham jail, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And no matter who you are or where you live, there is injustice around you. Maybe it's injustice like Dr. King experienced based on the color of your skin. Maybe it's some other way. Maybe it's you were really qualified for the job, but it went to someone who was less qualified, but was related to the boss, a little bit of nepotism, no justice. Or maybe you've worked the extra hours, gone the extra mile, and you, you can't even pay your bills. Meanwhile, there's people who sit around at home do nothing, get government, government money all the time, and they're doing just fine. No justice. And our government can involve further and further into debt. Meanwhile, most people don't pay taxes, we learn. No justice. Members forced out of churches because of abusive pastors. No justice. Whistleblowers filed, fired for telling the truth. No justice. And it doesn't seem to be any different if you're a Christian a lot of the times. It's like Christians in America being forced to go to the Supreme Court just to keep their businesses open. No justice. 
Christians in the Middle East beheaded. Christians in North Korea worked to death. Christians in Southeast Asia forced into sex slavery. No justice. What's the point? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So you give to causes, but what's the point? You vote, but what's the point? You've prayed and prayed and prayed for justice and nothing. You are tired. You want to give up. You are losing heart. See, Jesus knows about all of this. He knows all about it. He knows about our circumstances. There seems to be no justice. He knows our hearts and our tendency to want to lose heart, to give up, to lose everything. And verse 1 of this parable tells us exactly why he tells this parable. It's not a secret. So the message of this sermon is not a secret. Jesus tells us right there. He tells us this parable that we should, so that we ought always to pray and not lose heart. And so the proposition, the main point of the sermon is this. Pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. Pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. That's justice is the context of the surrounding uh, text in Luke's gospel, which talks about the return of Christ. That's the context of the parable, but it applies to all prayers. But pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. And this, in order for us to do that, we have to meditate on the return of Christ, which we heard about last week. But Jesus is going to give us three reasons here why we ought to continue praying for justice without losing heart. The first reason is because continual coming works. Coming again and again and again, it works. Continual coming works. Secondly, here's why you should not lose heart. Because God loves his elect. He loves his elect, his chosen people. And third, the third reason why you should keep praying is because prayer is evidence of faith. Prayer is evidence of faith, so pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. So let's look at that first reason, reason number one, because continual coming works, coming again and again, it works. So when I was in the mortgage business, I had no experience with sales, I was living in Loon Lake, trying to elbow my way into the real estate market here in Spokane and in Stevens County where I lived. And after a few months of being in the business and doing kind of so-so, I learned that one of my competitors, this guy named Dave Beats, had retired. I thought, huh, interesting. So I called Dave. I said, Dave, listen, I'm a newbie. I don't know anything. Would you just sit down with me? He said, sure, I'd love to do that. So we get together in Chihuahua for We're sitting at this coffee shop, and we get to know each other a little bit. I learned he's a Christian, and we talk about Jesus a little bit. And then he looks at me and he goes, okay, Brett, here's what I want you to do. I want you to drive up to every real estate office in Kettle Falls and Colville and Chihuahua every week. Do it every week and make sure they know you've been there. Leave something with your name on their desk. Leave something, uh, leave, leave something for them that they know you're there. And he goes, and I promise you, it might take some time. It might take a year but you will be as busy as you can handle. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And every week, I drove up to these offices, and I'd walk in, and people would be like, who is this guy? 
and I'd try to be friendly, and I'd bring donuts, and I'd give little flyers. And for two and a half months, I thought, what am I doing? This is a waste of time. This is a waste of money. No one wants to talk to me. Gas is expensive. And then one day, Ken had time for me. And Larry started giving my name out. And Denise says, hey, Brett, you know Tammy in the office down the road? You tell her I'm using you, and she'll use you too. Continual coming works. It works. But Jesus knows people's hearts better than Dave Beats does. And he tells us the same thing. He says continual coming works even first with the evil. It works with the evil. Look with, at verses 2 through 6 with me as we see that continual coming works even with evil. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but af- for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. So this judge is evil. Jesus calls him unrighteous. And not only that, he has that reputation. And not only that, he knows he has that reputation and that it's true. He knows he's a bad judge, a wicked judge. And you know what? Guess what? Those exist in the United States as well. That distort justice, that don't care about the the weak in the unborn and justice in other areas, those exist here. But Jesus is telling us the story of this widow is coming and she's probably being denied her inheritance in some way. And, she, and this widow keeps coming up and saying, hey, come on. And, and the ju- judge who's evil says, you know what, this lady is beating me down. It's literally the word for like giving someone a black eye. Not physically, but she keeps coming and coming and coming. He says, you know what? Since she keeps coming, I'm just going to give her justice. And she's vindicated, even though he's unrighteous. Now, this is a parable, so it's not a rule. It's not saying there's no exceptions in this life that uh, we do know that injustice works. Uh, It continues to persevere, if you will, even against continual coming. But many of us have experienced that, and many of us have also seen that this works. So pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart because continual coming works even with the evil, but now the main point. Continual coming works, more importantly, with a good God. With a good God. You continually come to a good God, you can be sure it's going to work. Look at verse 7 that Jesus says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? If evil humans give in and give justice, how much more will a good God do that? And the gospel shows us a God that is so good. He's so good to us. He's given up his son for us. How much more generous could he be? Well, I don't know. Why does he give you more infinite 
aspect of himself. He'll give you his Holy Spirit when you believe. If God is that good, you can be sure that continually coming to and praying for justice, it will work. So don't give up. Don't lose heart. Persist in prayer. God is good. Do your prayers, do you pray for justice though? Are you continually coming? Do you speak to God again and again? God will vindicate his people. So continue to come. And this applies to every kind of prayer. Don't give up. Praying for your loved ones, praying for healing. Don't give up on those either. Continual coming works. The context is justice though. So let's think about the way justice should work. Do you still pray that there'd be freedom to preach the gospel? That we don't get thrown in jail for saying Jesus is the only way? Do you still pray for the end of abortion? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Roe versus Wade has been toppled, but there's still more work to be done. Do you still pray that those who have disabilities in our old age, that people wouldn't look at them and say, you know, it's not worth having them around. Let's just give them euthanasia medicine. Do you still pray that churches would be led by humble people? Not people who manipulate others. Do you pray that we'd be courageous? As we should be. That's what we should be in a just world. It's easy to lose heart. It's easy to feel like, what's the point? But Jesus is coming again. So we need to come to him continually, again and again and again. Now, if you're not a Christian, here's the best you can do. You can say, you know what? You're having a hard time. You've been treated unjustly. I'm going to send good vibes your way. Good, 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 good vibrations. By the way, is pantheism. We just hope the universe oscillates just right. Or, you know what? I'm going to send good thoughts. I appreciate that sentiment. But basically what you're saying is, I hope you can read minds. And I can't really do anything to help you. But if there's a living God asking him to do something and he can actually act, then prayer must be meaningful, much better. It's a better story. It's more effective. So don't lose heart. Pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. First, because continual coming works. That's the first reason. Now let's look at reason number two, why we should continue to pray for God's justice and not lose heart. Reason number two, because God loves his elect. Because God loves his elect. Notice that word there in verse seven. Justice to his elect. Jesus speaks of choosing people. And it doesn't seem to bother Jesus, but it bothers a lot of Christians. It doesn't bother us here. We understand there's some mystery here, but we rejoice that all those whom God has chosen will come to him and that God loves them. And he did that out of sheer love, not because everybody's saying, Jesus, let me in, but because everybody's saying, Jesus, I want nothing to do with you. And Jesus says, I'm going to save you anyway. I'm going to change your heart. I love you too much. He freely chooses to save millions and billions of people. 
who are rejecting him. God loves his elect. How do we see that his love is real? How does he prove it to us here? He hears his elect. It's the first way we see that he loves us. He hears us. Look at verse 7. And will not God give justice to elect who cry to him day and night? God is always hearing our prayers. Always. He knows when we cry out to him during the day. He knows when it's just, God, I've only got a minute. It's my lunch break. I'm just going to pray real quick. He hears that. Or when you're driving home from work and your mind's going a million different places and you say, God, help me. I don't know how to be a husband when I get home. I don't know know how to love my kids. He hears that. He hears you. And you say, God, I don't know how to fix this project. I'm being treated unjustly. I don't know what to say to the boss. Help me, God. He hears that. And when you're laying in bed at night, no one's around and your mind's going everywhere, he hears your prayers. He hears you. Nobody else cares most of the time, but God does. He loves you. He knows what you've thought about. He knows the troubles you're facing. He loves them, loves you. He's not going to ignore you like some unrighteous judge. So pray always and do not lose heart because God loves his elect. The way we see that first is he hears those who cry out to him. He hears his people. And now the second way, he promises to bring justice soon. This is the way we see that he loves us, by bringing justice justice soon. He loves his people by bringing justice soon. Let's read verse 7 and the beginning of verse 8. The end of verse 7, really. Jesus asks this rhetorical question, assuming the answer is yes, but then gives us the answer anyhow. Or the answer is no. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Now, here's where our doubts come in, don't they? He knows that we cry out to him day and day and day, but we start to struggle, right? That word speedily really means soon. Soon. Is God really going to bring justice soon? You say, well, well, we've been praying about that thing for decades, God. Still a problem. There's still injustice. Why did I get fired and they didn't rehire me? What about that contractor who ripped me off? What about the husband who left me? What about the thief who stole my stuff? I have no consequences for them. It's been years praying, God, for years. Nothing. Those are real feelings, aren't they? And there's several ways we can think about this. The first is to remember Again, talking about the return of Christ, 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9 talks about God with God, a thousand years is like one day. So he views time a little differently. And then when we think about that, there's this really interesting thing that happens. All of a sudden, it's the year of our 20th reunion, or 40th, or 60th. And we think, boy, it just seems like yesterday. And so we even experience a compression of time where decades really do go by really quickly. 
sometimes things really do feel like they are soon. But another thing we are after here, we need to think, is what's the purpose of this parable? Jesus is after people who ought always to pray and not lose heart. He wants to change us from the habits we have because of these things, where we get everything right now, to people, a different type of people who pray always and don't lose heart. So we are always praying, and I've said this before, for God to change our circumstances, and God does that. But God, Jesus says, is more interested in changing us. That's really what he's after. So this means that soon might be a little bit different than we would expect. And if God does everything on our timeline, then who's really God? If God's got to do everything right when we ask, who's the real boss? So soon might be a little bit different. So think about this. Why, why is it that Jesus promises this justice will come speedily and we still feel like we're waiting? So there you are, put yourself in your situation, you've been treated unjustly, maybe you're a Christian, you got a D on your paper when other people who wrote worse papers got A's, or you got fired because you wouldn't look the other way, or maybe you didn't cover up the crime, or fill in the blank, the mechanical idea, I don't know. The doctors or nurses messed up, what do you do? Here's what you do, right? You hire an attorney. You ask to speak to the manager. You do all these efforts. You get on social media and you rant about them to try to get them in trouble. And you, you do all this work and all this work and all this work and you're trying to, to get justice for yourself. Doesn't work. So then, as a last resort, here's what you do. You start praying. It's been a while, you start praying. And you, you pray for a week and you come to community group and you say, I don't get it. I've prayed. I've been praying about this issue. And God's still not doing anything. I don't get it. God doesn't answer. doesn't bring justice soon. keeps going. But you keep praying. And then time goes by. You get the letter in the mail. You get the apology. And then all of a sudden you realize God did it. See, that's why. See, earlier, if you had answered it for earlier, you could have taken credit for it. See, I talked to the manager, and so I sorted it out. Or he answers the first couple prayers, you say, well, see, I prayed. I prayed, and that's what solved the problem. Aren't I, aren't I a very holy person? But then when years go by, then you recognize it wasn't you that solved the problem, that brought justice. It was God. So God gets the glory, not you. That's why God is so good to force us to wait. Because he knows how distorted we'll become as we become self-centered. We won't be satisfied with him. We're just too proud. And so we accept that Jesus' soon may be different than our soon. But it's coming soon. It's coming speedily. Now, quick comment. I'm not a social justice warrior 
But this parable does seem to challenge us as human beings and as Christians to be agents of justice, of God's justice, so far as we can. Because we might be the means of God answering prayers for others. So you should care about justice significantly. Now pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. First reason was because continual coming works and because secondly, God loves his elect. Now the third reason, reason number three, here's why you should pray continually for God's justice and not give up, not lose heart, because prayer is evidence of faith. Prayer is evidence of faith. Look at verse 8. I tell you, Jesus says, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus says justice is coming soon. Justice is coming soon. And that's a reason for, to always pray and not lose heart. But when the Son of Man comes, Jesus says, when Jesus comes again, what's he going to find? Will he find faith? Prayer is the evidence of faith. Calvin said that prayer is the chief exercise of faith. Why is that? Because you're actually acting like God is real and personal and cares. Jesus seems to say, God is faithful. He's going to bring justice. But then he says, are you? Are you faithful? Many people have left the faith because they look around and think that God must not care about justice. Those are serious issues. Really challenging. They say he, he looks like he lets injustice go. He doesn't really seem to care. And they lose heart. And they quit praying. And they show that they never really believed. And they go down one of two roads that I've found. Maybe you have others and you can enlighten me afterwards. They go down one of two roads about this injustice thing. Road number one, they say, injustice, justice, they don't exist. They become atheists or pantheists. They say, you know what, evil, good, it's all an illusion, it's all subjective. Uh, they don't really exist and therefore, it's, somewhat, it's just more freeing to just live the way I want to live. Now, you can do that intellectually. In your brain, that can kind of make sense. But internally, you know it doesn't. Why? Because you still complain. You still get mad when people treat you wrongly. So you, if you go down road number one and say, you know, there is no justice, no big deal, You'll be a walking contradiction. You'll be a, a hypocrite of a different sort. So don't go down that road. Don't do it. God's built something into you because you're made in his image to want justice, to need justice, to love justice. The second road, road number two, that people walk away from faith, walk away from Jesus, here's what they do. They say, God's timing, God's justice, not good enough. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do things our way in our timing. But here's the problem. Man's justice and man's timing is almost always wrong. Almost always. That's why history is a story of massacres and wars 
and people who were once heroes now being villains. And we wonder now, maybe if our heroes today, what's going to happen in a year? Will they be the villains? We just wonder, what's going to happen? Who knows what tomorrow brings? So what hope do we have? The hope Jesus says is right here. The Son of Man is coming again. He's going to come again. It, may, it will be here. It may be a little longer than we hope. But we'll see God's justice in God's time at precisely the right moment. So the justice you crave, it's really because God's justice is wired into you at least a little bit. It's, it's maybe cracked a little bit. It's maybe distorted. But it's there. And God promises to treat people justly always giving them their due, always treating them right. He is always going to care for the widow and the orphan and the sojourner. But if we don't have faith, Jesus says, we'll learn quickly that maybe the justice people crave and the justice we're praying for will work against us. you will be treated as you deserve. And then all those times when you looked the other way about injustice or didn't pray or just ignored God, God will be answering prayers for injustice, but that might be the wrath of God falling on you. So when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? On earth? Will you find it in your heart? The good news is, is that the same Jesus who's talking about justice here, talking about praying here, is the one who's coming again, bringing justice. And he's on his way to Jerusalem right now. He's on his way there in Luke's gospel. He came and went to the cross for his people. He died in the place of everyone who would would exercise faith in him. Everyone who turns to him will be spared. And here's the remarkable thing. At the cross, we see something remarkable. We see the biggest act of injustice in history. It's a perfect, holy, sinless Jesus being crucified for crimes he didn't commit. In that act of injustice, but in that act of human injustice, that human injustice is not strong enough to stop God's justice. Because what God does is he uses that act of injustice to perform the best act of justice that's ever happened. He he puts the sins of Christians on Jesus. He says, you deserve wrath. I'm I'm not going to look the other way. I'm going to pay for it. I love my son. He's going to pay it for you. Paid. Done. Justice. And then Jesus is raised from the dead. Death couldn't hold him. Why? It would have been unjust for Jesus to stay in the grave because he's fully paid the penalty and there's more of him left. Justice. So no injustice can stop our God. So keep praying. He won't lose. You won't lose. Justice can be satisfied. So Jesus didn't die just as an example. 
and remember what Jesus did on the cross. He prayed. If there was ever a time when you would think that Jesus would lose heart and quit praying, it would be on the cross, wouldn't it? God, the Father, in a sense, turned his back away from Jesus because that's what we deserve. Jesus still prayed, Father, forgive them. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Still prayed. And you benefit. All you need to do is believe. All you need to do is have faith. And when you believe, guess what you'll do? You will pray. That's probably the first thing you'll do when you believe. Say, God, I don't even know what to do here. Well, I know you hear me, and I know based on who Jesus is, you must love me. So I'm going to pray. Would you help me learn? And I was thinking about this this week, because prayer is my biggest struggle in the spiritual disciplines. I thought, I thought, you know, God, prayer is a struggle. But then I thought, you know what, God? Because you're infinitely valuable, you're actually pleased with my struggle. My struggle shows that you're valuable. Because most everything else I just want to give up on. Because it's not, it's not worth it. But you're worth it. So be encouraged in your struggles to pray always. And don't lose heart. The good news keeps coming. And it comes with the sun who's coming again. Dr. King says, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. But guess what's coming when Jesus comes again? The end of injustice anywhere, which means justice is coming everywhere. Life and wholeness and health and joy and seeing Jesus and being satisfied with him, not needing to look anywhere else. Your heart's new. Justice satisfaction, joy. Pray always for God's justice and do not lose heart. Let's pray right now. Lord, we pray that your justice would come and we know it will fully come when the Son of Man comes. So come soon, Lord Jesus. In the meantime, help us to be people who are transformed, who do not lose heart, who pray always, God, help us. We're thankful you know our frame. You know our hearts. We're quick to give up when we shouldn't. Oh, but Lord, we're thankful that we can be confident justice will be done. We're thankful for that beautiful picture of justice, the cross of your son, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you come and awaken us more and more, make us more and more alive and aligned with Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.